Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Peace of God is a promise from God. And it's, it says it surpasses all understanding. I Meaning it doesn't make sense why in the midst of what I'm going through, I can have peace. I can rest at night. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. It doesn't make sense. But God's a God of peace. And so right now we're just going to let God's peace rest on people in here. Lord, we thank you that you calm the anxious heart. Lord, that you calm the storms in our life. Jesus, that you slept on the boat in the storm, meaning the storms don't bother you. We thank you, God, that you're a God that we can put our hope in and trust in because if the storms don't bother you, that they won't bother us, Lord. We thank you, God, and we receive this peace right now. And we let it wash over our mind, all the worries that have been plaguing us this week or this month. We let it wash over our spirit when we get all tense in the midst of life and we begin to get distracted off of you and start to look at our problems or or our worries. Lord, we lay that all at your feet this morning and we just... We accept this peace that you're giving to us. We don't ask for it because we know it's a promise. So we declare right now over our lives that peace is entering every situation. Peace is entering the darkest of thoughts. Peace is entering the darkest parts of our hearts. Peace is entering the darkest parts of this city. Lord, we declare it over our lives. And we pray if there's anybody in here who hasn't been sleeping at night because they've been up anxious and worried or if they've been lashing out in anger, because they've been so worried or so stressed about whatever may be coming their way. Or we have these emotional responses, Lord. We pray right now that you would enter in where the devil's been trying to steal our joy. And you would enter in where the devil's been trying to fill us us full of worries. Lord, and that you would have your way. Lord, we thank you that you're bigger, that you're stronger, that you're greater than anything that we could ever face. And so we, we get underneath your peace this morning. And we say yes and amen to it. Thank you, Jesus, that your peace is with us. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is here. Thank you, Jesus, that you can calm the anxious heart. Thank you, Jesus. And in your mighty, mighty name, we say amen. Amen, amen. God is here this morning. Yeah, why don't we give it up for Jesus in this place? God is here. He's moving on your behalf. And he's with you more than you know. We aren't just working for God, but we're working with God. We're living with God. He's with you in every storm. And I'm excited to bring a word this morning and to continue in a series that has truly been, I'm not just saying this, a pivotal series in my life. I didn't expect it to speak to me in the way that it has. Our lead pastor, Pastor Eli, has done such a brilliant job of communicating what it looks like to awaken in your purpose. And it is it's been like week after week, one of those where it's just like melting me, you know, like I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it's been so great. And I'm ready to speak to you guys about what God's been speaking to me and what I feel like he's speaking to this house this morning. So are you ready with me? Come on, come on. Well, hey, we're going to be looking at David today. And David's one of my favorite people to talk about. I talk about him all the time. And David's one of my favorite people to talk about because he's so human. Like he's so like us. I think sometimes we're intimidated by the Bible or maybe some biblical figures because they seem untouchable or they seem so perfect. We know what we carry. And we're like, oh, man, I just don't know. But 
David encourages me because not only did David make mistakes like we make mistakes, but I love reading Psalms. And you open it up, and at one point, David's like, Lord, you'll never leave me or forsake me. Lord, you're walking with me in the valley of the shadow of death. And then you see like five chapters later, he's like, God, you've left me. Where are you, God? My life is falling apart. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so us, isn't it? Like we get the raise at work or we get the promotion or we just we, we got a little bit extra sleep. We're like, God is for me. God is with me. This is awesome. And then like you miss lunch and you're like, God, where did you go? Where are you, Lord? Like it's so us. And so I love looking at David. And we're going to open up here in 2 Samuel 7, 8. And this is really the culmination of a lot of things in David's life. So David was anointed to be king as a young boy. But up until this point, life has not been easy. He's won some battles. He, he, obviously, he defeats Goliath. He does, he does some big things. But in the process, he loses his best friend. He loses family members. He's, he's on the run for his life for many, many years. This has not been easy. This has been very difficult. But right here, we see a word delivered to him from a prophet, Nathan, from God. And this is really when David begins to step into that purpose. And so we pick up and it says, this is now, or so now this is what you are to say to my servant, David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from tending to the flock, the little shepherd boy that you were, to be ruler over my people of Israel. I've been with you wherever you've gone, and I have destroyed all of your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you, like that of the greatest on earth. I will designate a place for my people in Israel and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they've done ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people of Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord declares this to you. The Lord himself will make a house for you. When your time comes to rest with your ancestors, I will raise up after you a descendant who will come from your body and will establish his kingdom. He's beginning to speak of Jesus. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will discipline him with the rod of men and the blows from mortals. But my faithful love will never leave him as it did when I removed it from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house and kingdom will endure before me forever, and your throne will be established forever. Amazing moment in his life. We're going to take a look at really some big moments in David's life today. I think it's going to encourage us how to awaken in our purpose. The title of this, if you're taking notes today, is for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Before we go any further, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much that you have a purpose for us. Lord, we, we are so unworthy to live in the purposes of God, but by grace alone and by Jesus You've deemed us worthy, Lord. And so we thank you, Lord, that there's breath in our lungs this morning. No matter what depression's been trying to steal that thought from us this week, Lord, we say thank you that we're still here. Lord, and thank you that you've got a purpose for us. And so we pray today that you would speak whatever you want to speak to us. Lord, we put all distractions at your feet, whatever might distract us from looking right at you today, Lord. And we say, have your way in this place. Speak to us, Lord. Teach us how to walk in our purpose more. We love you so much. And the 11 a.m. service said, Amen, amen. Hey, give it up one more time for Jesus. We love you, Lord. Well, come on. You guys can take a seat. Man, for such a time as this. Uh, question, have you ever had to wait for something? Anybody else just absolutely hate waiting out there? Yeah, there we go. Those are my people with no patience. That's what I'm talking about. That's me. Man, I think waiting is probably the hardest thing we have to do as humans. Like waiting in line at Chipotle 
It's the worst, you know, like when the steak runs out and you have to wait for the new steak to be made. Like, oh, I hate waiting there. Has anybody else ever almost lost your salvation waiting in traffic? Yeah, that's what see the 11 a.m. service. Man, we got to pray for you, you know. Man, waiting in traffic. Oh, man, so many things. Waiting on my 30-second burrito. Like, what is it about food that it's in the microwave for 30 seconds, but it feels like 30 minutes? I don't know what it is. Man, waiting is so difficult, especially in today's generation, because what we want, we have at the tip of our fingers. We can have whatever we want almost instantly. And so it's difficult. I mean, waiting on the next season of The Mandalorian is top five hardest things I've done in my life. That's what I'm talking about. May the 4th was this, was this month, you know, Star Wars Day. Man, waiting is tough. How about this one? Uh, for single people, waiting on your spouse. Ooh, not, not fun, right? How about this? Married people, waiting on your spouse. Like when she says she's ready, but then it's another 45 minutes and you're still there. You know what I'm saying? Like waiting on your spouse, not easy. I mean, waiting on your dream job, waiting to have kids. There's so many things that we find ourselves waiting for, and sometimes it's so difficult. I know the, the most difficult time for me to wait ever in my life was waiting for our wedding day. So when we got engaged, like the whole concept of getting engaged, right, is like, I'm ready to marry you, so are you ready to marry me? And if they say yes, cool, let's go get married. So for me, I'm like, cool, you said yes, you're stuck now. Let's like go to the chapel right now. Like let's, let's go to the courthouse, let's get this thing done. But Jordan wanted to have an actual wedding day. I'm like, fine. And so her timeline was like a year and a half. My timeline was like an hour and a half. And so we met right in the middle at 10 months. And uh, we had a 10-month engagement. And man, it felt like forever. Because there's benefits to being married, right? Like we get to move in together. We get to join our bank accounts. Extracurriculars that married people get to do. Like there's like, there's a lot. See, they caught it. There's a lot of great things. I, I was like, let's go to the courthouse. But we had to wait. And so it was 10 months of waiting, which is very difficult for me because I have very little patience. But how many of you know there's a difference between active waiting and passive waiting, right? Like passive waiting looks like this. We set our wedding day, and then for 10 months, we sit around. We don't really do anything. And then we just show up to the venue 10 months later. But if you passively wait, you show up to the venue, and there's no caterer. Nobody ever got an invite because you didn't send it out. There's no minister. There's no DJ. And it never actually happens. But active waiting knows that I have a part to play in this. So I'm going to plan. I'm going to prep. I'm going to choose the caterer. I'm going to choose the colors. I'm going to choose the DJ. I'm going to choose all of these things. And I'm going to do my part to add up to this event that's coming. See, passive waiting just has a hope that it's going to happen someday. And when it comes, I'll be ready. But active waiting knows I have a part to play. I'm going to do the work, and then when this day comes, I'll be ready for it. Write this down today, that there's a big difference between for such a time as this and for such a time as then. Like when we talk about our purpose, I think a lot of us, we say for such a time as this. I was made for such a time as this, but we're waiting for our calling someday in the future. I was born for such a time as then. I'm waiting on my calling. I'm waiting on my purpose. But there's a difference between active waiting and passive waiting. Passive waiting means I hope that my purpose is going to come and I hope I'm ready for whatever God has for me when it comes. But active waiting knows we got a part to play. And today as we talk about the fact that you were built for such a time as this, today, right now, because you were, what we need to first make sure we handle is that we were not built for such a time as then. 
Your calling, your purpose, the purposes of God for your life are not for somewhere out in the future when you have it all together or when you feel a little bit more comfortable or when it makes sense to you. But you have a purpose right now. You have things that God wants to do right now in your life. You were built for such a time as this. What a joy. What a blessing. The winning is in the waiting, ultimately. If you want to be ready for these things that God has for you, if you want to walk and awaken in your purposes of God for your life, the winning is in the waiting because what you do in the waiting will determine if you're ever ready for the next thing that God has for you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in my purpose. Oh, come on. We could do a little better than that. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in my purpose. Amen. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So I love talking about David, obviously. I already said that. I think David's just awesome and, and, and I relate to him in a lot of ways and I hope to be like David. David was a man after God's own heart. What an incredible thing to have somebody say about you or to have God say about you. That out of everything in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your best days and your worst days, that you were after my heart. Oh, that's what I want. And so as we look at his life, we're going to kind of start at the beginning here of the day that he was called or anointed to be king. And so a little bit of background is Samuel. He's a prophet. And God has sent him to go anoint the next king of Israel because Saul, the current king, He's turned from God. He's actively turning from God. And therefore, the nation will eventually turn from God if there's not a godly leader in the middle of it. And so Samuel's sent to go anoint the next king. And he's sent to Jesse, who has many sons. But he doesn't know which son he's anointing. But he goes anyway. So we pick up in 1 Samuel 16. It says, Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and asked, do you come in peace? In peace, he replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, so consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and said, certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or his stature because I've rejected him. Now get this today. Humans do not see what the Lord sees, for humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Let me read that again. Humans do not see what the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. I want to pause right there and speak to somebody who your whole life you felt overlooked. Or because you don't look like Pastor Eli, or preach like Pastor Danny, or sing like Darren on stage. Or because you don't jump up and down and worship like the front row. You're thinking, God can maybe do something through me, but not anything of significance. Let me speak to you today that you have everything you need right now to make an impact for God. Because the Lord isn't looking at what you have to offer. He's not looking at what's on the outside. He's looking straight at your heart. And when you accepted Jesus in your life, your heart was made pure. And your heart was made clean. And God's looking past everything that you think could qualify you or disqualify you. And he's saying, I see your heart, son. I see your heart, daughter. And if you'll make yourself available, I would do a mighty, mighty thing through you. See, the Lord doesn't see what we see, but he sees your heart. Be encouraged today that the Lord sees you. You're not overlooked. He sees you, and he's got something amazing for you. So Jesse called Abinadab and, said, and presented him to Samuel, and he said, the Lord hasn't chosen him. So then Jesse presented Shema, but Samuel said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented, go back one slide, thanks. When Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Samuel asked him, are these all the sons you have? This is like an awkward question. Like he, he shows up and he's like, hey, I think God wants to do something amazing in your family, Jesse. And then he gets through all the sons and he's like, okay, we might have had this one wrong. Please tell me you have another son. He's like, well, there's, there's still the youngest, but right now he's tending to the sheep. 
Send for him. We won't sit down and eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David that day. It's amazing. Write this down today that your purpose is knocking. Your purpose is knocking today. But understand that comparison will kill your calling. See, get the picture of what just happened. So the God man shows up to the house and says, Jesse, God wants to do something amazing. Bring your sons to me. And so what Jesse does is what most of us do. He thinks about it and logically puts together the the sons that he thinks would be qualified for what God has. But only until we get past his qualifications do we realize that God doesn't see what man sees, but God sees the heart. And that David was the one all along. But what often happens is we understand that our purpose is knocking and God wants to do something in our life. But because we've been overlooked our whole life, or we've allowed the enemy to speak to us that we are overlooked, when the God man comes knocking, when your leader comes knocking, when your pastor comes knocking, when your purpose comes knocking and says, there's more for you and something large, not something small. God wants to do a mighty, mighty work from you, small shepherd boy, because I don't see a shepherd boy. I see a king. What we do is we typically look to our left and our right and go, oh, no, 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 sorry, I'm the overlooked one. You probably want to look at one of my brothers. They're they're the warriors. You want to look at one of those leaders in church. I I just kind of show up here and there. Do you you know what I did last night? That, That can't be me. And we disqualify ourselves because we begin comparing ourselves. But let me encourage you today that your purpose is knocking on your door, that you are qualified in the name of Jesus because you have Jesus with you. But the thing that we have to tackle today is that your purpose is knocking on your door today, but it's up to you if you're going to answer the door or not. Like a purpose is knocking on your door. I'm not speaking to an auditorium. I'm speaking to each chair right now. That God has a purpose for your life. And I don't know what preacher told you this. I don't know what friend told you that you have maybe a smaller calling than someone else. Or maybe it's a lie that you've believed that Pastor Eli has a larger calling than you. Or somebody more gifted has a larger calling than you. But let me cast that away right now and remind you today that there's a purpose for your life that is large, that is significant. And it doesn't matter what your personality type is. It doesn't matter what your fears are. It doesn't matter what your anxiety is. It doesn't matter what your mistakes are. God has a purpose for you in here that is significant. And it's knocking at your door today, but only you can answer that door. So what does it look like to answer that? Because I would encourage you to answer it. Because God wants to blow your mind with what he can do through you, no matter how insignificant or small you may feel. So what does it look like? Answering that door is, first of all, understanding what Jesse did. Your job is not to try to qualify yourself or disqualify yourself. To try to figure out, am I the person for that? Because remember, God sees past your qualifications and sees your heart. But the second thing that you have to do is you have to be available. You have to understand that all you have right now is all you need to make an impact. All you have right now is all you need because God created you to do something in this world. God put something inside of you that is bursting inside of you that's trying to get out. But you've got to understand and first entertain the thought that could God actually do something mighty through me? The answer is yes. Don't let the enemy overlook you. Don't let your friends overlook you. Don't let your thought life overlook you because you might have a different personality type or because you have a different walk. I don't care if if you feel too old or too young. I don't care if you've been saved 10 days or 10 years. 
you are qualified for a big move of God in your life. So your purpose is knocking. See, but something else that David knew is your purpose is now. Your purpose is right now. Our purpose is not something for our future to strive after that hopefully someday we'll catch. I see this so often where we go, well, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a worship leader. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a CEO. And we hope that someday this purpose comes to us. But what do we say about passive? Passive waiting doesn't work. Active waiting knows we got a part to play. See, David understood that my purpose is now. It's right now in this moment. And how do I know that David understood this? Well, the very next chapter, 1 Samuel 17, we see David and Goliath, right? This is like for Christians, this is like in our top five favorite stories, right? Like we, we love this one. It gets us pumped up. I think it gets us so pumped up because it's the story of somebody who seemingly wasn't qualified, who did a mighty thing for God. And I think we love that story because deep down in our DNA, we know that that's us, that we're unqualified, but God has mighty things for us. And we see David and Goliath, David, he's tending to the sheep, but then he leaves to go bring his brothers some food, some supplies. He was officially the first Uber Eats. And he's walking around and he's kind of overstaying his welcome and his brothers begin to ridicule him for it. But he sees this Philistine. He sees Goliath and the army is terrified of him. And and he's killed many people. And David with almost no fear, 100% confidence goes, oh, I can handle this. I can take, I can take him. Like, this is crazy. On paper, one plus one does not equal two. Like, David, you cannot take on Goliath. His brothers even say this. Saul overhears this, and Saul goes, okay, what on earth would make you believe that you could take on Goliath? But this is how I know David knew his calling was now. Look at his response. It says, look at what David says. Uh, David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied, you, dude, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since he was young. David answered, Saul, your servant has been tending to his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried, carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it. I struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And then David said this, He said, the Lord who has rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. That's some faith, isn't it? That's some swagger. Like that's that's somebody who knows where his power comes from. It doesn't come from him, but it comes from God. This is how I know he knows that his calling is now. Because I can picture David on the backside of the mountain before this ever happened watching another sheep run off and him tending to the sheep going, this is pointless. This is mundane. I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it makes no sense. Like I was called to be king, anointed for this. And it at least would make sense in our brains that if I'm on the battlefield like my brothers and I win a few battles, maybe Saul will notice me. I'll get into the kingdom there and I'll walk into kingdomship. But here I am on the backside of the mountain taking care of sheep. This doesn't make sense. And what I've found with most Christians is we're really pumped about following God's purposes when it makes sense to us. But the second it doesn't add up, we plateau. uh, This feels uncomfortable. This can't be God. Uh, I'm really stressed and anxious. God wouldn't bring me stress or anxiety. That's right. God doesn't bring you stress or anxiety. But what God does do is he gives you opportunities to grow you and to build you 
and to make you into a bigger person so that when Goliath comes for you, when the next step of your purposes come, you're ready to take on what God has. See, your purpose is not for the future. Your purpose is now. Hey, David understood this. I think David probably had a revelation when he walked up to Goliath. The time out, I wasn't just like taking care of a flock, but I was learning to be faithful with what God gave me. I wasn't just defending sheep. I was defending my calling. I wasn't just fighting bears and lions, but I was training for UFC. I was training for Goliath. I was training for the next things God has for me. So when it came my way, I was ready for it. Let me speak to some people in here. You feel like you're an accountant and it's pointless. No, no, no. You're not just an accountant, but you're training right now and learning how to be detailed in the things God's given you. You may feel like you're just a mother, but you're learning how to raise up the next generation in Christ for them to know that their purpose is knocking. You may feel like insignificant, like you're a husband and that it doesn't matter, but you're learning how to love someone like God loves the church. God is preparing you. God is helping you. God is working in you. Your purpose is not for the future, but your purpose is now. Get uncomfortable. Allow God to work some things in you. Can't you see that God is big enough that even when it doesn't make sense, even when it feels boring and mundane, that God still has a plan for your life? Some of you got to wake up every morning and go, God is working. This may be brutal, but God's working in my life. Some of you got to look at your situation and go, there's a lesson to be learned right here in Jesus' name. Lord, would you show me what you're going to do this time? Because it feels pretty hopeless. But I know the God I serve, so would you show me what you're teaching me? Would you show me how you're growing me? Your purpose is not for the future, but your purpose is now. See, David, he was in his purpose far beyond the palace, or far before the palace. Way before he was ever king, he was in his purpose. You're not, you're not wasting time right now, but you're in your purpose. I see this too often with us Christians, where it starts to feel uncomfortable, or church doesn't feel like it used to. And so we begin to church hop or my job doesn't, it's getting really challenging. And so we quit that job and we go to the next one. We quit that job and we go to the next one. And I see us letting go of the things God has called us to that he's using to prepare us in a season because it feels uncomfortable. And we end up plateauing as Christians and we walk in a toddler style purpose where we make it a few years and we live there and we settle for the nine to five. We settle for the wife and kids. We settle for the cars, but we forget that the purpose God has for us is not to just live a first world American life, but God wants to be, make me a leader. God sees a king in me. God wants to do miracles through me. God wants to work in me. My purpose is knocking, and it's a large, large purpose, but we forfeit it for comfortability, and we forfeit it because it doesn't make sense. But understand today, that could it be that God is working right now more than he ever has? That God is teaching you lessons right now. That you can learn something that's going to propel you into your purpose. That when that next purpose comes, when David and Goliath comes, you have no fear. The people around you are terrified. But you're looking at it going, I got this. Because the same God that rescued me from my depression is going to rescue me from this. The same God that rescued me from my, my fear is going to rescue me from this. Amen? Your purpose is now. But I think the final thing that David really understood that I think we need to understand in this place is that your purpose is not cheap. So your purpose, it's knocking right now. Please don't leave here today without understanding that God wants to do massive, amazing things through your life. He wants to do big things through your life. That'll impact generations. Your kids won't have to grow up with what you grew up with. Their friends could be saved in the midst of it. Your workplace could come to Jesus. God wants to do incredible things through your life. Your purpose is knocking. And your purpose is now. But understand that your purpose is not cheap.
See, your purpose, simply put, your purpose is burdened. I hate to break it to you. But if you want to live in God's purposes and you want to do massive things for the Lord, your purpose is burdened. For Jesus says it this way. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He doesn't say there's no burden. It's light because you're not living a purpose for God. You're living your purpose with God. But there is a burden to carry. Following Jesus is not simple. It is not easy. It's not your best days are ahead of you. They are, but it doesn't mean it's easier. See, your purpose is burden. And Jesus paid the price for your salvation, but you have to pay the price for your purpose. So by the grace of God, you have a purpose. Because Jesus left heaven and he came and died on the cross that you could know him and he could know you. And you have a purpose on your life today because you still have breath in your lungs. And so God's not done with you yet. So there's a purpose for your life because of the grace of God. Your salvation was purchased, but you actually have to pay for your purpose. It's true. You have to. And, you know, David, uh, he begins to walk in his purpose. And I think it's funny when we reflect on this, right? He, he was a shepherd. He was under like some kind of danger, but then he begins to follow God and he's on the run for his life. He's losing friends and family members. It becomes a lot more difficult for David when he follows God. Sometimes it will be difficult when you follow God and you've got to pay that price for your purpose. But here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about the gospel, the beautiful thing about God is as you go, you will be strengthened because even though the purpose has to be paid for, And even though it can feel heavy, and even though it can feel overwhelming when you think, God might want to do something big through me, that means I have to let go of what's comfortable. That means I have to maybe live a life that I'm not comfortable living always. The beautiful thing is as you go, God will strengthen you. That's the message of the gospel is where you go, I go with you. I'm with you. You're not living for God. You're living with God. And everywhere you go, God will strengthen you. Christians are strong. And I see oftentimes, I feel like we feel weaker than what we should. The rest of the world, when you're weak, you're weak. But we know what the Bible tells us, that when I'm weak, I'm strong. Because I remember where my strength comes from. It's not from me, but it's from God. When I'm weak, I'm strong. See, Christians are strong people. We're called to be strong, not weak. But understand, as you go, you are strengthened. Not as you wait. As you go, you're strengthened. Right? We see this with Peter when he walks on water. For him to walk on water, he's got to get out of the boat. Or how about the little boy with a few fishes and few loaves? For everybody to get a meal that day, he had to give up what was comfortable for him. He had to give up his meal. What good is faith without works? If you want to live out faith and you want to live in these purposes of God, you've got to take some steps that don't make sense. You've got to give up some comfortability. You've got to pay that price. But as you pay that price, you better believe God will meet you right there. And that's where we see the miracles happen because the miracles are never about what you could bring, but it's about who meets you halfway and where the power comes from. So you're called to pay that price, but the price is paid first with your heart. You got to be a person after God's own heart. It's then paid with your hands. You got to do something. You can't just sit there and live in the purposes of God. You can't just sit and go to church once a week and expect to walk in the purposes of God. You got to go out there. You got to go and live like you believe God's got something for you. And you've got to pay that price with your mind. You've got to get rid of some old mindsets that keep you stuck in your ways and understand that God doesn't see you as a little shepherd boy, but he sees you as a warrior. So you've got to pay that price with your heart, your hands, and your mind. But the best part is it's funded by God. It is. You've got to pay that price, but it's funded by God. And we can stand to our feet in this place. If I could get keys up here, spirit fingers, you know.
Here's the thing. Today, I need you to know, if you hear anything today, I need you to remember this, that your purpose is knocking on your door today. Could it be that as insignificant as you may feel, God wants to do something mighty through you? The answer is yes. And you're going to look back on a life that was hard sometimes, that wasn't cheap. You go, look what God was able to do through me. Your purpose is knocking today. It is. And your purpose is now. And it's not cheap, but you've got to remember that in the midst of it all, your strength comes from God. For as you go, he will strengthen you. And I love, you know, when I read this, I go, okay, that sounds really good. But how do I know God will strengthen me? How do I know that'll feel enough? Because I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't wake up every day feeling strong. Nine times out of ten, I wake up feeling like I'm not enough to do the things God has asked me to do. I think if you wake up every day feeling like you have enough, it's probably a big red flag because you don't. You don't have enough. And so where does this strength come from? Well, I love if we go into Galatians 5, we talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Let's see what Paul says. He says, as you walk by the Spirit. We could get that next slide up here. I got it in my notes. As you walk. It doesn't say as you wait. It says as you walk. Walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. Remember, I don't want what I want. I want what God wants. I want God's purposes. So I'm going to walk by the Spirit, not wait by the Spirit. Here's what's great. But the fruits of the Spirit, this is what comes when you walk by the Spirit. And listen to these. Love. I mean, we all, we all love love, right? You know? Joy. Man, joy is one of, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Man, I love joy. There's nothing better in life than a belly laugh. Right? When you're just uncontrollably laughing, or you have that friend with the obnoxious laugh who's uncontrollably laughing, and it's contagious. Or you're like in a really serious moment and you're not supposed to laugh, but you're just like dying with your friends, you know? Man, there's nothing better than laughter. A belly laugh. Man, I want some joy. I don't think there's anything that I could go through if I have joy. I'm going to feel like I don't have enough. Peace. Man, we sang about peace. We're going to sing again about peace. But a peace that surpasses all understanding. Where even when it doesn't look like the battle's going my way, I can have peace. I can rest knowing that the God I serve is with me. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I can't think of any battle that the Lord might send me into in my purpose that those wouldn't equip me for. I can't think of one thing that the Lord might call you to, but this wouldn't help you with it. Understand today that God is calling you to a higher purpose in your life, but it starts today. But you're not going alone. Because as you go out and as you take the step of faith, when it doesn't make sense and you stay the course, and you don't quit, you're going to find these things meeting you halfway. You're going to go, man, it doesn't look good, but man, I'm just, I just got this joy. I'm just happy. Man, this is really stressful, but I got this peace. Everything will be all right, and if it's not, I got God. So who even cares because the Lord is for me, and he's with me. Man, these things will follow you as you go. You will be strengthened, but it takes a person who's not passive and going, I hope my calling hits me someday. I'm waiting for God to open the door to my purpose. But we got to understand that right now, God is moving in your life. Right now, God is doing something. 
He's teaching you something. He's showing you something. And if we can get out from underneath our own thoughts and let God renew our mind, and for us to understand that in the midst of everything, God has a plan, and I can stay faithful because my source is not my own strength, but it's the Lord's. We will look back on a life that is hard and tiresome, and we're going to rest in heaven and party with God, but we're going to look back and go, look what God was able to do through me. Because we open with that scripture in 2 Samuel. And it's the culmination of the calling of David. And he's been through a hard life where it didn't make sense. And he's lost friends and family members, but he's stayed the course. He every day said, yes and amen, Lord. It might be hard, but yes and amen. I might lose my life, but yes and amen. And what do we see happen? God says, I will make a name for you that's greater than any name on earth. Better yet, he says, my son... Jesus Christ will come from your lineage. See, 28 generations after David's faithfulness, Jesus comes and hits the scene. Jesus comes and we get to experience salvation for that. Get the picture today that would Jesus have come anyway if David wasn't faithful? Yes. Jesus coming was not hanging on David's faithfulness. But David got to look back on a life of faithfulness and go, this was hard and this was tiresome. But my faithfulness will touch generations forever. That my faithfulness has planted seeds that my children will get to reap a harvest from. And their children will get to reap a harvest from. In Omaha, Nebraska, will get to reap a harvest from. And my family will get to reap a harvest from. And my friend, understand that God wants to do something mighty through you. Your purpose is knocking today. Will you answer the door? Will you understand that the Lord wants to do something amazing and entertain that thought? But it starts today. It starts now. God wants to awaken you to your purpose in this place. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Would you say yes and amen to whatever it looks like? No matter how uncomfortable tomorrow may feel, no matter what you have to give up, will you say yes and amen to the call of God on your life? I believe you will, my city church. And I believe as you go, you will be strengthened. And you will look back on this week, and you're going to look back on this month, and we're going to look back on our life and go, look what God did through a little insignificant shepherd boy. But God saw past what we saw, and he saw a man of God in me. He saw a woman of God in me. Amen? Amen. Hey, let's give it up for Jesus. Let me pray over you real quick. Lord, we thank you, God, that you see more in us than we could ever see. We thank you that you have large things for us. Lord, so get us out of our comfort zone. Lord, we know you're calling us today. So help us go. And we trust you, Lord, that as we go, you will strengthen us. As we go, you will guide us. Holy Spirit, would you fill us in this place? We don't want what we want, but we want what you want. So guide our eyes this week. Direct us to see the next God opportunity. Help us flip those mindsets when we're frustrated in the mundane or we don't understand what's happening. And when we understand that right now we were made for such a time as this, that you're moving, that you're growing us, that there's lessons to be learned. And Lord, I prophesy and proclaim over this group of people and over this church and over my life that as we stay the course and as we say yes and amen to your purpose, Lord, that we're going to walk in places that we never thought we would walk and we're going to see people come home, people come to Jesus. We're going to see our children bettered all for your glory. We love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Hey, my city church, why don't we worship Jesus in this place and let that peace continue to rest on us today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.